Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. Here we are. I swear I'm happier than I sound. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I I really want to get started and I really want to know your opinions on Anna's whole situation. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of like just side note commentary like Go for it. Oh my god, there's like so much to say about this Anna situation. Um okay, so some pieces of the puzzle. Now we know why Victor's like henchman or best friend i'm not even really sure was it anna's house? Uh, henchman or best friend <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny could you imagine that's what henchman really means it's just a gangster's <laughs> best friend <laughs> i feel like in poor charles it kind of is <laughs> oh my God. so are you saying that there were multiple Johans because there was so much evidence so much freaking evidence like I they know. might as well I, I don't even know what's worse like than put that. crumbs or arrows they have arrows <laughs> pointing at evidence and I love that she searched her car I mean you did a post about it she searched her car in the police the PCPD parking lot <laughs> like literally she snuck out of the police station because she's like okay this is time sensitive they're trying to frame me so let me go search where they would put evidence because you know that they would be coming after you and you <laughs> searched it in the parking lot I couldn't believe it, but I was also shocked to find out that it was actually her coat. I know. he. They were very thorough. Like, it's very pointed. No! So thorough. But it's not. Okay. It's thorough in one way, as in, yeah, they got her with the evidence. <laughs> if that's... If that's... <laughs> what, I, what I meant to say is, it's so on the nose. Like, she's a spy. Do you honestly yes. think that a spy would be like, yeah, here is evidence in the trunk of my car covered by a grocery bag. And let me like throw casings and bullets and evidence all over my house. Right. Like it's it's laughable. It's great. I kind of love it because the only thing that was impressive to me about Anna this week is that she remembered a phone number by heart. And I think that's a difficult thing to do. Oh, Roberts? She remembered Valentine's phone number. Valentine's. <laughs> Valentine's. But there's so many things there. Okay. So one, what I love the most is that, you know, everyone closest to Anna or anybody with a brain cell is like, oh, this is like a, a cover up or no frame job. Frame job. <laughs> yeah, frame, frame up. job. A frame up. And so, <laughs> and so like, they're trying to say this in front of DA Arden. And she's like, oh, please. I'm like, yeah, so far-fetched, given your previous <laughs> case, was also a frame job. Like, that's what I could understand. Like, I love that. I love that, like, Mac was giving it to her. I loved yes. hearing even Robert, the fact that she has a reputation for jumping the gun. But when she kept saying, like, to Jordan, you know, like, you're biased. Like, you, you have a relationship with Anna. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jordan, like, arrested her son's cousin. Her best friend's daughter. You know what I mean? Like, it, like Jordan has never <laughs> not arrested someone regardless of their relationship. 
So there was just so many things that were just so off. And I liked when Mac accused her of being on Victor's payroll because while she said like something like, watch what you're saying, she also shrinked in that moment physically. Oh yeah. Like it's very obvious that she is. (laughs) But did you also notice, like, I I don't know if this were, I don't think these were, I don't know if this was her words exactly, but when she makes reference to old timers in like Mm. the PCPD world, no, I didn't catch that, but she kind of why she's saying it. She kind of makes reference, like of like the older regime. You know what I mean? Who let's say are loyal to Anna, but it's just interesting because it's a soap opera. It's inherently generational, and right now they are making a point of gathering like legacy characters. You know, like Holly, Robert, Scott. You know, Mac, Anna, Felicia. Like all around a storyline right now. With all of these other, you know, and Victor, for instance, and all these other newbies like the DA and like Jordan and Rory and like all these things. So I just thought there were so many, I don't know, I feel like there was like a lot of nods to just the realities of a soap opera. Ooh, I like it from that perspective because, yes, there was a lot of like threading all of these legendary characters together. Like Bobby, even though she's not in this storyline, she's kind of been sprinkled in throughout for the purpose of showing the longevity of her character and how far she has come and how far Carly has come. So, okay, that being said, and legacy characters, (laughs) what did you think of Holly's nefarious act of putting Robert's phone on Do Not Disturb? I think it's nefarious. I I think, okay, so this is really interesting that you bring this up, okay? Well, we do have a podcast, but anyways, I was just like, okay, okay. So... (laughs) It makes me think of Holly and Felicia, okay? So the moment Felicia goes to her stop lying, like the concept that Holly knows more, the concept that Holly is working with Victor. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe she's just flat out being brainwashed and maybe doesn't know what she doesn't know. Yes. That's a huge possibility. But in that moment, there was something striking when Felicia was like, you know, you're lying. But then they came back and it was about like, you're lying about your hurt feelings and your, tra- <laughs> and your trauma. But in that moment, before she spoke, I felt like Felicia seemed to be the one and only PI whose instincts, was te- it like tends to be right. And her gut instincts also tending to be right. You know, like the way that she caught Peter. Oh my God. Like you're saying everything that's in my mind because they, they went PI to PI head to head this week. But that's the her. thing. <laughs> But that's the thing. When I had this thought about Felicia, I thought it because it feels right. But then yes. I was like, oh, she didn't she didn't like catch, you know, that there is more to this. You know, it was a bit of a fake out. But then when I saw her with Sam, I'm like, I am right. There is a reference about like the generation of PIs. And then I thought to myself, this is like a large number of PIs for one soap opera. Because there is <laughs> <A town. laughs> Because there's a lot, right? There's Felicia, there's Curtis, um, and there's Sam. But I really do think that, that she might be like, you know, the, the PI and the rest are kind of like a little bit of like framed around her and are actually more of a nod to her. Oh, yes. I, I truly feel that, you know, when you compare like a Sam to a Felicia, it's like she's in rookie town. Like, forget it. She needs to partner up with a Felicia in order to get things actually done. Because I'm trying to remember a time where Curtis or Sam, like, solved a case. <laughs> like, intentionally. I, I can't. Like, they, they've un- they uncover information. 
Yes. That helps other people solve things, right? And that's why I think that I love this whole, like you said, the whole intergenerational kind of situation going on because then comes like between the necklace, Sam and Felicia, like all of the pieces of the stories kind of linking together. Like, I don't know if they're pushing the Victor story forward faster if this necklace has to be part of it, but I'm loving like everybody connecting that doesn't normally connect. Yeah, there, it, it does uh, go far and wide because when you say that and you're bringing the necklace, you know, you're bringing in, um, I mean, the Scorpios are already there through Cody, but yes. then it's like you're bringing in the phase on the Brit, but then Brit and Cody are connected to like the Sam and the Dante and that's their new foursome, which they solidified. But yeah. then through Cody, you're also bringing in the underworld of organized crime. Yes. So yeah, there's definitely, definitely a lot being, um, a lot being pulled in with all of this. But I like is I mean it has to be the ice princess, no? Well, that's what I was saying. Like I don't know what this ice princess thing looks like, but ice means diamond. That's a huge diamond necklace. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I definitely, I mean, they've mentioned it, so I think it has something to do with that. But also, you did you notice anything being oh, on my, ice? My God. Well, well, because you were on ice tea watch. Oh, <laughs> there was a lot of iced tea happening. Like, I, I just don't know if their promo is coming up quicker or what's happening with their event, but there was like a lot of iced tea being shared around. So much iced tea, but I don't know if that's <laughs> like a hit to the Ice Princess as well. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, speaking of like the diamond stuff, um, you know, Cody was there with Brit, and I just feel like it's written all over his guilty face. Mm hmm. That he's very interested in the necklace. And it clearly has some huge meaning. Right? Like, his face acting is not good. Like, character-wise, not like human-wise. But... <laughs> well, I think it's on purpose, right? That well, he's yeah, like... He's mean. like... A, he's, such, he's such a goof. But I feel like at what point in time is anyone going to re- tell Cody mm-hmm. that, like, about Max here, about Mac? Because this guy is, like, spiraling because he thinks he's, like, a bad person. And then yes. Mac is this good guy. And I'm like, Mac didn't start out that way. He was a little bit of a bad boy. And hello, Maxie. <laughs> oh, Maxie. But yes, I am looking forward to him actually being Mac's son. And I love what Mac had to say to him. Like, he gave him a piece of advice. And he yeah, also it was really said, well said. Oh, so well said. Like, we'll figure, basically, like, we'll navigate these waters. It doesn't have to be you know, perfect or the way traditional or whatever the case may be, but let's figure it out. And I think he really needed that. And that's going to, I'm hoping that between that, getting the actual DNA test and having this family that he's not sure that he wants, that it'll steer him in the right direction. I think so. And I was laughing because like he, okay, speaking of like generational stuff, there was definitely a lot of nods to past storylines. And so one of them being when Cody's with Dante and Dante makes reference to like, his how he found out Sonny was his father like we never got to see him talk about this after right it's a dramatic thing we all move on we all know it's part of their history but it's so funny having this much time pass and having him explain it like like a regular story oh yeah I met my dad he shot me I was undercover and then what I thought was (laughs) funny was Cody being like do you really think I can have what you and Sonny have and I'm like (laughs) I think you can do more than that you know because we know that like Dante's job has been a huge barrier between them being closer than they could be yes 
So, I mean, yes, they have a good relationship, and I'm glad that Dante arrived at a place where he felt Sonny was his father because he realized he would go to any lengths to make sure that Dante was okay. Um, but, I mean, it's different. Like, I feel like there's less obstacles between Cody and Mac. I think any obstacles are going to be ones made up by Cody. Oh, 100%. In his mind. Oh, totally. And, like, I did, I did really love that they revisited that story that he brought up that his dad saved him because, honestly, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and then I love that Cody mentioned the whole mobster thing. And Dante just – I'm already throwing out an early star. He was so witty. He had such great lines this week. And he's like, allegedly. Allegedly. I like that. I, You know what? It's so strange. But it's like – I when I was in that conversation, I was almost like – really kind of riveted as if I was actually getting like inside information in terms of Dante's perspective because that's how it felt yes it felt, totally. it felt, yeah it really felt like we were getting a perspective of all these stories that we're really fully aware of but like inside scoop on what Dante truly thinks we've been there for all those events but never mm. kind of understanding Dante's interpretation of it all um something that I found funny between Felicia and Holly mm-hmm was when Felicia, no, sorry, Holly starts talking and goes, it's not every day you find yourself washed up at the court. I mean, after two <laughs> years of no memory. And I'm like, it's a joke, right, Drew? I know. <laughs> and then I, I, I had a flashback. Do you remember during the Drew escape, there was a woman screaming? Yes. Yes, I do. And like, we were wondering if it was like a Nell or I forget what, oh, Hayden. Hayden was also mm, one Hayden, of our guesses. Yes. So, like, Holly. Also, we had a visual of her being trapped in a room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, if we put all of that together, Holly. Or was it that woman? No, there was another woman. But that woman is the one who escaped. Yes. Okay. So, that's the thing. So, Anna's just chilling in jail um, while everyone's celebrating that Holly's alive. And <laughs> what I can't understand is... Given they are where they are at this point, where Anna even divulges to Mac, um, you know, that that uh, campaign person that works with Laura. Yes. That she's under Victor's payroll and that Lucy knew about it before her supposed like disappearance. What mm-hmm. I what I'm not understanding is why at this point does it matter to keep it a secret that Victor is like holding Charlotte hostage? I know. I have a hard time understanding that, too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next because I need some Valentine. I know because it scared me because the last scene we saw of him, he was Mm -hmm. in the plane. He reached for the champagne, but didn't touch it. But we all know that the last time people were put on a plane by Victor, Mm -hmm. you drink the champagne, you pass out, and then you get tossed out of a plane or kidnapped. Yeah. So it's like one or the other in that scenario. Exactly. So, and then you have, you know, <laughs> Ned started off the week so good, like so good. And then hmm. towards the end of the week, he became a, a Ted. <laughs> no, like it was kind of pushing the limits, right? Like, so at this point, you guys are fighting over the businesses, but I mean, I don't know, to my understanding, Ned's running ELQ with, with Valentine. And Michael and Drew are getting back on their feet with Aurora. So, like, as of now, there's no, like, communication or supposed plotting. But then Ned kind of, like, brings it up and is accusing Michael of sunnying, of somehow disappearing (laughs) 
Valentine. I'm like, where is this coming from? Because like Ned is kind of like to like Friday's episode, I found Ned instigating it a lot. And then yes. when Drew shows up, the threat of insider trading, and I'm like, wait a second. So you're gonna you're gonna threaten to imprison Drew. Like, let's not forget that. You know, Drew has been in prison for two years already, mm-hmm. and you're making a threat to send him back there and also to send Carly to jail, your wife's best friend. Like, what are you thinking? And this is after Drew kind of lays his heart on the line about Oscar. First of yeah. all, Drew should be rewarded because he's been back for I don't know how long and finally remembered Oscar. <laughs> so that. Oh. <laughs> That was special for me. That was special. And I thought it was so funny because Joss doesn't know that they're dating yet. And that was her boyfriend. And the whole thing just made me giggle because it's very poor Charles. Yes, it's definitely very poor Charles to, to come back and be like, I had a son. Do you remember that whole drama when all that went down? <laughs> and and anyways, but like, so they're back. And I honestly didn't know when that would happen. I actually thought those two might show up at poor Charles Grill. Me. Wink, wink too i was just waiting like honestly like i was just like okay this is gonna happen now this is gonna happen now. but i'm really happy that it did because i need the yeah. opposite to happen i need for carly and drew to be lost in their love bubble and for not even sunny for nina to see them yeah that's exactly it because the thing is i feel like the vibe is different right like obviously with nina you can't help but have that direct rivalry i mean nina does seek it out too right when sunny's not looking um, yes, but like with Carly and Drew, like they have their own life and their own circles, you know, like they've been pushing Carly into the quarter main bubble for some time now. And the mm-hmm. way I see it, I was actually kind of wondering, what is it going to look like when Carly and Drew come back? Because right now they've created this scenario where Nina and Sunny do have their world. They have their mm-hmm. like people, which is like Ava, Nicholas, Gladys, Sasha, mm-hmm. and Carly and Drew have their circle. So I kind of feel like, okay, so are we just going to just see that? Are we just going to see these two people kind of living their lives a little bit separately for a little bit? I wouldn't mind that. I'm really not ready for like a Nina Carly type situation showdown because, like, I've Nina was funny this week, but when she's around Carly, there's like a different energy level that I just can't, I'm not, I can't handle. Life is too stressful right now. I can't handle it. I know. I know. And like, part of me is like, it would be nice. Like, like the delusional part of myself is like, oh, they'll come back and they'll do this separate thing for a while. But we all know that there's this hatred and competition and the willow secret that will well you know what I mean drive everything to an explosive head at some point but there are just mm-hmm. so many pieces to this puzzle right like Willow's story in and of itself as well as this whole mother-daughter thing but oh right yeah <laughs> but even taking a step back like you have Carly and Drew solidifying their whole deal him sort of telling her that Carly's been his home since he's been back, which was like, whoa to me. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was a reset. The guy comes back after two years. Sam's moved on. You know, he made peace with that. And to me personally, it made sense, like, gravitating toward Carly. And I say this because him and Jason got to be brothers so briefly. Mm-hmm. Like, they made peace because they were not in a good place before Drew disappeared. He was really angry. 
you know, um, he was really having a hard time dealing with the fact that, like, he thought he was Jason and then wasn't. And then all these people kind of flocked to the real Jason. Um, But even when he was Jason, he already was pushing Carly and Sunny away. Like, as it is, he was trying to carve out a different life for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, Drew never got a chance to fully process because then they threw him in to a Kim and Oscar storyline. Yes. So we never actually saw him go through that struggle and transition. So when he came back, it was kind of a reset. And I feel like given how he left things with Jason, like he made peace, he put that anger away. And then he comes back to Port Charles. And the only other person that could kind of understand it was Carly in terms of that grief. Yes. Um, So they're solidifying their relationship, but it's like, it's serious, like what they're doing. But I just kept thinking, this is nice. It's beautiful. It's serious. Like, I'm glad, you know, this is also a reset for Carly. You know what I mean? Like really mm. solidifying herself as this like non-attachment to Sunny or Jason, but just this Carliness. Um, but the fact that she's holding back on this secret from him, I'm like, this, this sucks so much. Like you guys are connecting on the deepest of levels. You've let him in into all of your childhood trauma. Yeah. You know, Drew magically remembers joining the Navy, which I don't know how that's possible given that he has Jason's memories. And, <laughs> Like, that part I don't understand because I remember it's because if he tried to, like, get his memories back, he would have forgotten all of what he learned about Oscar. Because he only met Oscar when he had Jason memories. Right. So that all of that's confusing. But I'm just saying, like, given everything they shared, this Willow secret is, like, nothing. So why are you going to let it be something? I know. That part's really frustrating. And I I don't... It'll be one of those things that he has to kind of use his... um, Jason side of his brain to figure out because she's done crazy yeah. things in the past and he kind of knows how to handle the situation. So it is going to be interesting. It's going to be a huge obstacle, but I hope that's not the end of them. I don't know if it'll be the end, but he has made a point of saying he's not Jason. Fair. But he also acknowledged in their like heart to heart that he knows that she can be impulsive, like that he knows and accepts that part what I thought was funny was when he assures her that she's not gonna lose him he's like I lost my memory and I was lost for two years but you won't lose me and I'm like what <laughs> like I don't do you know what you're saying where you just want to kiss somebody so, so bad you just start saying stuff <laughs> I, I think so but well, one thing that like was really striking if you contrast, you know, Carly just generally with like Nina feeling, okay, 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 this is actually really interesting. It's like coming to me now <laughs> because it, it was striking to me when Carly says that she knows herself at her core. Yes. And you contrast that with a week's worth of Nina mm. feeling like queen of the castle. Like, oh, yes. Oh my God, like we're dating and we're in it and we have our people. And we have her everything. It's so funny watching her play the version of herself that thinks she has it all in air quotes. Yes. And, and starting even with um, the meeting for Sasha. Okay. Oh, so ev- oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's almost like she's sitting there. She's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. No one's kicking me out. I'm right? legitimately getting to stay here. And so she's like, okay, okay. This is really exciting. I hear everyone say words. Oh, oh, let me say something like this. Um, human beings make laws so we can fight it. And I was like, what? 
talking legal stuff. And this is the comforting thing that came out of her mouth. No, but like, she was so funny this week. Like she even said, if life was about deserving the people, uh, if life was about deserving, the people in this room would sure be in trouble. <laughs> I know that was funny, but she's still like, she still drives me crazy. Oh yeah. Because like, even in that moment, like I can't help but see what you, um, what you talked about in terms of her awkwardness with Sasha, because at one point they really did have this close bond Yes. And I frankly don't feel like, I feel like it's by name only. Like at this point, everybody knows that Nina is a meaningful person to Sasha, but it really feels like in name only and in past only. And I don't feel it in the present. You know, like when Gladys walks in and she's like, what about me? When they look at each other, like Gladys is like a nut. And Sasha, like, I could have never predicted this bond. Sasha always had a way of dealing with her, always tolerated her. Mm-hmm. But there is such a mother-daughter vibe between the two, which was unpredicted and really unlikely, but it's done so well. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, words are coming out of Nina's mouth, but there's no emotions attached to it. And I won't jump ahead, but I want to remember to talk about the whole, like, Ava and Nina situation and break that down in kind of the same way because it's wild. Okay, we what I we definitely were gonna do that because uh, I was just like, what is happening in this conversation <laughs> in this moment? But what I caught that was so <laughs> that was so significant, and I also think mm-hmm. like not reminiscent, but pulling from her um, Nell fantasy uh-huh. is the moment she does this. She highlights to Sunny how Sasha still has empathy for Martin, even though she's going through a lot. And I was like, okay. clearly you can't relate. No. So, okay. So was it at that point or when she gave her speech to Sasha about like, I, you know, I love you like a daughter because Sunny looked at her and all I kept thinking was, okay, wow. She does have feelings on her face. Like, so that must mean something. Cause he's like still searching. He's searching for that humanness that that vibe even though he said the words I love you this week I feel like he's just programmed to do that with women once he slept with them (laughs) (laughs) um you know what I don't think you are wrong remember okay because Sunny and Jason unfortunately have like a method to their wooing (laughs) yes they do like do you remember like with jason he starts telling brit about like i think robin yep (laughs) okay and then do you remember like sunny when he first started like with nina when when, Mm -hmm. well like they weren't official but she would linger around him yes and then he starts to tell her about stone and his childhood Mm -hmm. so like yeah I think it's part of the package like I wooed you we're together and I guess I have to love you now but I do think that there is some kind of searching and a continuous evaluating and a carefulness between the two but what I thought was strange was like at one point like Sasha's gone and they're they're talking yes and then I think she says something like, and she'll get through it because she has us. Yep. yep. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, she's going to get through this because you two are a couple. Like, I, <laughs> like I, I guess I'm just feeling so away about Nina that everything she says, I'm like, on it. Like, on it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm bitter. Like, I'm still all kinds of bitter about yeah. this. So I wrote major delusion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And 
like, and even more so, like, I don't even, I, I'm so confused at her interaction with Ava. Okay, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Let's do so, it. So just like a, a resume, right? Nina is like, <laughs> I have people. I, I've handled the Sasha thing. Now I'm home. <laughs> now it's time for me to deal with the Ava thing because my life is rich with things and people. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, first of all, I love seeing Ava in her apartment. And side plot, I feel like she should trick Nina into trying to move in with Sunny so, so she can get a place back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's also the thing, too. Like, Because when she was sort of like talking about like, Ava's still living there. Mm-hmm. Part of me was kind of like not spending much time at your man friend's house, are you? Because if you were, this wouldn't be a thing. Right? Oh my God. So much of this. Okay, so that this leads into exactly what I want to say. So watching Nina maneuver this conversation was like watching somebody in high school who really likes to gossip, who's not really listening and absorbing what's being said who's jumping on everything to egg on the friend, who's, who's like wavering on what to do. But Ava's not wavering. Ava knows who she is. So mm-hmm. not only did she try to see where she was wavering, she also tried to push Ava's Ava'sness. Ava'sness? Like not only is she trying to, I don't know if manipulate is the right word, but she's just trying to cause trouble. So she's trying to see, okay, is Ava wavering in any way? Can I sway her to do something dramatic? Can I push her to be more like the mob Ava. Like I find she was trying to push so many buttons as opposed to listening to her friend, her actual needs and what she wanted. It was so wild to watch. It's like watching Nina's young emotions catch up with her adult emotions. Because by the time the end of that conversation, she's standing at the door trying to protect her friend. But at the beginning, she's just egging her on and trying to get her to like, get Nicholas to go to jail. Yeah, no, I I do agree with that. Like, as you pointed out that she was poking things because Ava's situation is dramatic. And I do think it's dramatic to push someone to one decision or the other because because of the situation, any decision would be a big deal. It would be a lot to deal with, which is exactly why you don't make those decisions and you don't push people towards a decision. You just sort of listen and be like, what's the deal? Right? And so many things that were were awkward. Like at one point, she's, you know, they're in this difficult situation because Ava is is not dumb. She put two and two together. Yes. That like it was Victor. You know what I mean? That that Nicholas wouldn't um, take it away and that didn't make any sense. But like in the middle of the conversation, I just kept thinking, wouldn't it be easier if Nina just answered the call and then came back instead of awkwardly reinforcing that she would circle back and make a display of what a good friend she would be in helping her solve things and not to like solve or think without her. She really wants to be part of this. So she could say she was part of this and was a good friend. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Like so many parts of it. And I love the contrast between, even though Ava's going through such a hard time, she still, again, like you said about Carly, knows who she is to the core. This is a situation that has a lot of gray area that it's not black and white, but Ava still knows who she is. She just needs a beat to think about it. And Nina's like all over the damn place <laughs> trying to be a good friend. You can't see me do my big air quotes. Well, because she's trying to check boxes, right? Maternal yeah. stuff, Sasha. Because <laughs> the thing is, Carly's maternal, not just to her own kids. That's sort of the reputation, you know? Yes. And then the next one is be a good friend. Check. 
you know, like be part of society. I'm out of the world. Check. I know more than two people check. So she's, she's really like trying here. And then it's like, when she's talking with Ava, I was kind of taking it back and being like, is this a conversation that's actually taking place? Cause she's basically <laughs> telling Ava, you know, Nicholas cheated on you and mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. family is against you. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you want to deal with that? Like they're yep. always going to be around. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Wild, wild. But it also goes to show, like, like I feel like like all of these exaggerations and jokes and the awkwardness between, because it's so theatrical yeah. when Sunny and Dean are together that it's just sort of like the countdown until it all truly unravels and unfolds. Because it really is a land of make-believe. You want to talk about make-believe? What about yeah? the conversation with Victor? With and Nina and Sunny and Victor. Well, first of all, that conversation starts between her and Sunny and says, you know, we're very caring people. <laughs> it's so normal that our care for others will seep into us and it'll drain us and it'll affect us. <laughs> that really kills me the way she was talking about them. That's what makes it so funny. Like how she's trying to narrate and validate their life together. Which is why I thought something dramatic was going to happen. I thought they weren't going to be alone. But then um, Victor shows up. and On I their first ever date. <laughs> I know. And they <laughs> haven't slept together since the boat. <laughs> like that. Like this has been their relationship. Let me trick an amnesiac into loving me. Because this is the only way this will happen. Is if he knows nothing about who I am as a whole. And then... She sees them in Port Charles and bumps into him. And then they start spending time with each other by accident. Then they sleep together. And then it takes a while. And they continue to see each other by accident. And then eventually they decided to see each other on purpose. And they did that for like a long time. They hosted a funeral together. (laughs) And now they're sleeping together for the second time. So her kidnapping then led to stalking. And then she wore him down. Yeah, I'm still dealing with his trauma, and she's like, "All right, let's do a thing." <laughs> so, so good people. <laughs> so, I this kind of took me aback, but yes. talk about a slap in the face, the Nixon fall vibe, where they explicitly talked about um his pacifism, being sexy, and how he's turning away from violence. And how he's, like, doing the thing and being completely different. It was so weird that it was said out loud. It was so weird. Like, there was so much of that conversation that was conflicting. I also felt some Brenda vibes. I go, thanks, Brenda, for her little speech (laughs) about, like, thank you for not using violence and making the right choice. But he also just finished saying (laughs) that he would disappear Victor in a New York minute. But he's a changed man. But she says she liked it. She liked the right? fact that he didn't res- result, res- resort, resort. Yes. To, it's like a location. Yes. It's, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> resort. It's called resort to violence. Um, and <laughs> so, and so okay. like, and so like, she was basically saying, congratulations for not being violent now. But I think it's important that you be violent later when it's necessary. That's what I understood. Oh, samesies. I'm like, this is really interesting. But I just think, like, it's bad for business, given your business. (laughs) Right? Like, why are you saying this out loud, Sunny? Do you hear you? 
And I'm like, he made fun of you. Like Victor made fun of him. <laughs> and he had like that, like I love like a sunny Victor face off because they're angry, but they tease each other. Yes. And they can murder each other and mm -hmm. they share a nephew and it's just so funny. And <laughs> and like he even he even like tried to do like a New York gangster accent, Victor, which I was like, this is hilarious. And he had like the best line. Because when he sees how like Sunny is like has changed, air quotes, he says, I just wish my son could have been reshaped by Nina's transformative powers. Oh my god, it was amazing. Amazing <laughs> boss line. <laughs> and the fact that he like went there and he made references because she's like, she's on him about his parenting. Like, you know, yes. why didn't you parent your adult son? <laughs> And then he's like, and you did it like something about the job she did with her daughter. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. So good. So good. He so told everybody's good. family. Because you know a family of your own. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> oh my god. It was anyways, it was it was really, really good. And she just stood there with Sunny defending her. Like that's the part that's really hilarious to see. Mm. Because that's the point, right? She she was just so like he defended me. Like, yeah. he, like, like, so the moment Victor leaves, that's when, like, they amp up that teenage bit between oh, yeah, the two of time. them. And that's so funny to see it happen. She's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, the whole, like, he defended me and him being like, yeah, you know, like, got to do what you got to do. Because I'm like, because <laughs> we're going steady. Want to go to my house? <laughs> my parents aren't home. And that's what happened. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. That's Even exactly Cav it. is cooler when he does it, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cav legitimate had parents out of the house and he was way cooler about it. Man, there was a lot of people that night just... <gasps> so much know? sexy time. So much. I don't know what's going on, but I was like, there's a major star for sexy time and generational sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know if that's... I don't know if any that's of that right. said that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has ever said those things. Um, ever. So, like, I mean, I personally don't think that Cam needs to tell Elizabeth that he broke a rule. No, um, I don't think so either. Cam has enough going on. Okay, since we're here, mm -hmm. uh, can I just say that, like, my heart, like, wanted to explode Okay, like just listening to Cam talk about his mom, I was like, what? Oh, when no. he said, like, people tend to underestimate what our family is capable of handling. Yes. You know, and I've said this before with Cam, he might be the nice guy, but mm -hmm. he, he knows himself to the core and he can handle his stuff. And when he said, like, you know, people mistake, like, our kindness for weakness or, or, or yes. just like, and his whole take on his mother like the depth of his understanding of her and capacity to relate and identify with her, like mm -hmm. blew me away, to be honest. And, you know, I know we talk about a lot about the men in Elizabeth's life and she, of course she deserves to find love. And she had that with Franco, but I think ultimately Cam said it best. She doesn't need a hero. She is her own hero. 
But at the end of the day, like she has three significant men in her life, her little boys who will forever have her back. And that's like, she has it. She has everything she needs. I I loved it. It was so unexpected. And you know how we're talking about like this whole generation thing all week and, and people kind of connecting. And I think that was a great way, like you said, to put Cam in this different position for us to look at that family from a different perspective that yes, Elizabeth has come a long way, but she can stand on her own. The torch is handed to Elizabeth. She handed it to her goddamn self. But but the thing is like, I, I, it's that part, right? Because I think, I think it's interesting because I feel like Elizabeth and Carly's stories simultaneously are, mm-hmm. are kind of coming full circle. Their yes. relationship has come full circle. Um, it's clear that like Cameron, and I love that, right? Because with, with, Carly we have like daughter daughter everyone's like you know Joss is like Carly's mini me but I mean it's the same with Elizabeth you know like Cameron is carrying the torch of of Elizabeth's um character yes and and I, and I love seeing all of that but I feel like I don't know there was something so palpable and powerful about Cam's statement that yes it was about her character but I also feel like underestimated as a whole like in terms of screen time like I I just Mm -hmm. I don't know like look how many years it took for I feel for Elizabeth and her family to get this space carved out oh totally we always didn't know very much about her like my gosh we're still discovering things about her family and why she ended up in Port Charles and in her family's perspective on how to help the world and all of this well, it's been really interesting to hear her finally say it, right? Like her parents have never really been there. And I liked the little flashbacks. I liked how they went back to like when she first came to town, because I remember like being so excited about Elizabeth. Like she used to sneak into like Lucky's. She was the bad girl. <laughs> I remember her goody two shoe sister, Sarah. Like I remember when Elizabeth was the bad girl. I was, it was like what I was watching. It was like that foursome was really popular. Like Emily, Elizabeth, Lucky, Nicholas. And so it was so cool watching her call on her bad girl because that is who she was. And just her being in the house and all the voices she was hearing. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I can't believe after all these years, like she's in a scene with her dad. Right. I love the way that was filmed. I love that, you know, Terry told her that she was such a bad influence on her in high school. Because <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? And so to, to, to say that, but also in terms of things being obvious, it happened with Elizabeth and Terry in the car when Elizabeth was like, how is this possible? Like, I realized that my family kept a lot of things from me. How is it possible? My All my family knew Reiko. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's Finn's Reiko. Like, how did I not know this? And I just find it really hilarious how they're vocalizing a little bit yes. of, like, the normie's perspective. It's like, how did all of this happen? Um, I love that they're doing that because I, I just... I think that's what's so special about Port Charles. Like the whole general hospital, that town of Port Charles, why we're so in love with it, why we do this podcast is because yes, it's very soapy, but then there's these moments where you're like, this is so cool. It is really cool. And I am looking forward to understanding like the full connection here with, um, with Finn. Okay. But do you know what I also like that I'm pretty sure is going to happen Mm -hmm. is that while there is that soapy part where it's like, there's a Reiko connection and Finn and this drama with her dad. I also think that paired with that is, is I'm hoping and I'm counting on. I think we're going to get to see some really raw scenes of Elizabeth getting to say all the things that she needs to say. 
about all the things she didn't get growing up. I truly hope so, because I think that's going to be, I mean, we saw Carly just go through it. Like, that's going to be her therapy. That's going to be her way of moving on and continuing on being that superhero for her family. But she has to, right? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. do this whole storyline and come full circle without her getting her moment. And I think for me, that's what I really want. Like, I'm looking forward, yes, to the whole, like, mini mystery, but more so that full circle deep character moment and exchange between elizabeth and her parents is what i'm looking forward to same okay so going back to to joss and cam for a second um so so cam and joss sleep together for the second time since the team but when Mm -hmm. she talks to oscar she's more vocal about this idea of feeling that she's growing apart and being pulled away from cam Mm mm-hmm And it's so crazy how he's having that conversation with Finn saying people think that we're not strong enough to handle certain things. And she literally tells Oscar, you know, I don't think he can handle it. I know. And we knew this was the direction it was going. We saw how Dex and Joss look at each other this week. Even at Kelly's, Cam finally kind of, they talked about that whole situation with Dex and Sunny. Like, it's coming. And Cam's going to be strong and Spencer's going to get out of jail and they're going to be best buds and eventually everybody will be friends again. But it's just hard to watch right now. It is. And I just, and we've talked about this before. Like, I, I honestly don't know who Joss will be to Cam mm-hmm. um, as the years go on. But I do know the way that she's acting, keeping him separate from, let's say, the business is very reminiscent of like, Elizabeth and Jason and how she was sort of pushed out of that circle. Yes. Um, and there is a circle. It may not be the same one. It's similar, sometimes mob related, but there's, there's like a circle. There's a something, you know, the way that she's pushing him out with like Dex or how there's just something about her and like Spencer's world. That's a bit more common, but you're definitely onto something with the bond between Cam and Spencer, because even when they go visit him at the jail and Joss makes a point of saying something about how weird this is, and then Spencer says something like, oh, come on, Joss, this isn't your first time you visited anyone in Pentonville. The thing, <laughs> a- the thing about that joke is he makes the joke. And if you watch Cam's face, it's his like smile and reaction. And what shines through is like the look between Spencer and Cam and their bond actually gets highlighted in that whole oh thing, like that meeting together. Oh, 100%. Like, I forgot Joss was in the room at some point when Cam was pouring out his feelings about friendship and relationships and history and what you make of all of those moments. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Okay, so I got two gifts this week. One, people remembered Oscar, particularly Drew. (laughs) Two, finally, they used the word cousin. It has been driving me up the wall (laughs) that everybody kept referring, including, like, Laura and Nicholas, would not stop referring to Cam and Spencer as friends. And I love that he finally clarified and said, we're cousins, but, like, we're friends by choice. Yes, I thought that was so sweet. So finally, and even funnier, is when... um, is when Spencer's like, oh, you know, well, Trina doesn't know. And they're both like, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, fast forward to, like, Rory 
Trina, I was just mm -hmm. laughing, right? Because it's that typical dilemma, right? That couple mm -hmm. dilemma. You open the door, oh, only one bed. What shall we do? And apparently <laughs> get an extra bed. So like that's that poor Rory. And like I couldn't believe it, you know, like Spencer's thinking, okay, she's moved on with her life, and she's all like, let's do this. And then she sees Spencer's face, <gasps> and I was like, OMG. G. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's not over. It's not over, guys. There's still hope. <laughs> and then Rory kind of totally knows that there is yeah. like someone else. He I feel like he almost felt the Spencer hologram <laughs> over himself. But then I also couldn't believe that he called at the same time. I know. I know. I'm getting goosebumps now again. I'm so excited about all of that. And, like, Spencer's smile when he hears her voice on her voicemail, like, I just, like, oh, my God. I know. Kate, speaking of, like, all this, like, theme of just, you know, being really explicit about reminding us of past storylines, but also <laughs> just generational, mm -hmm, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't even begin. And I think it's, like, I can't begin to explain how cool it is because, we grew up with a lot of the characters. So we're actually seeing like how like the kid characters went from teen actors who are taking up space as the adult storylines, right? Like we're seeing the kind of rollover of generations right now. And it was beyond special to see Georgie in action, to see her <gasps> run to Sam and make mental connections being like, oh my gosh, like Spinelli, Sam, of course, of course, yeah. Georgie, would, this would be her Aunt Sam. And like, oh, yeah, you know, Brit is also her aunt. Like, my mind was blown. Right? Watching her be there and to be Maxie's daughter was everything. I loved it. And, you know, I am not a fan of Austin and Maxie's relationship. No, and, at and all. I, at all, right? But even though I do not like him and I thought it was hilarious what she said and how she acted... How he kind of addressed it in the end, I thought was really nice, but I still think, like, you're not going to be around for long. Like, it's cute, I know. though, but I no, know. thank you. But I'm glad, like, for his, um, you know, patience and kind of giving Georgie the space to, like, have her feelings. Because she's a kid, and there's a lot of big feelings about it. And the way he dealt with it helped a lot, I think. But also, I just felt like I loved Georgie's face in the background. Yes! Because, like, I mean, a lot of us are confused, you know? Like, when they put Maxie with Peter, there was also just that underlying plot, right? Of the fact that he was evil. And it was continuing <laughs> the, like, on anna obsession. So we knew that that was in the background of that relationship. For, like, yes. the most part, I guess you could say. But I'm just sort of like, I don't know. I'm kind of over Maxi being in these bizarre relationships. And it's not the first time. There was that weird surfer dude guy who did that to her, the culty guy. Yeah. Um, right yes, before yes, yes. she met Nathan. Mm -hmm. Like basically, Nathan and Spinelli were the only two real people she's Absolutely. dated. The rest have been these bizarre characters. I agree. I don't know what's going on there and, and why, but she needs to get it straight. And I don't trust it. And then she goes and spills to Austin Spinelli's <gasps> secret. So mad. So freaking mad. And it was quite upsetting to me that she did that. And you know what I find even weirder? Is that mm -hmm. she's talking to Austin. And, and you know, they're talking about how, like, Georgie is a bit of an obstacle in this situation. 
And then Maxie goes, I wish Spinelli was dating someone. And then Austin is like, mm-hmm. oh, because it would make it easier if Spinelli was dating someone and like you were dating someone. She's like, no, I simply just want Spinelli to be happy. I'm like, we're, what? And what I'm is like, this? I'm like, what are you doing? You're talking about how to make this easier and Austin's trying to follow. And then randomly you change the subject to just talk about how you care about Spinelli and want him to be happy and little to do with how to make your situation with Georgie easier. <laughs> It was such a subject change, and I was like, okay. Well, talk about subject change. I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. Okay, so that whole Olivia walking in on Chase died. Died. Best. The freaking best. And first of all, I love how Brooklyn, like, looks at him and is like, okay, this is real. The abs exist. So she was just, like, oh in heaven. Oh, my God, amazing. And I love how he, I, I love how he loves that he's wanted this way like we, we have we didn't we didn't see this you know when he was with willow mm-hmm. but i love he i like i love that he loves being her eye candy yes you can like, see that it's like he doesn't know he's pretty which is no like no no he doesn't his character doesn't know he's like he doesn't know he doesn't know but we know <laughs> and he's all goofy for brooklyn he is, and I was thinking, like, wow, her line is amazing because this is the line. Like, do you is this something you want? I can't remember a time I didn't want this. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever seen a man with abs on a soap opera in a love scene get dorky and try to hide his abs. I loved that. It's I, different. Okay. Right. So much about that was different. So like I love that you brought that up because I wrote notes too. So in that scene, you know, usually in like older scenes, it's always more so focused on like the woman and her body parts and skin. But Brooklyn was dressed and he was full on. We got to see a lot of things that we normally do not see. And exactly that, his shyness. They're caring for each other. It was just so beautiful and so different that it was like, I watched it a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I loved it, but I'm also angry because it's going to explode. And I, yes. I don't know what, what is wrong with Brooklyn. Like, you finally got what you wanted. This this amazing person, like, you guys are together. But, like, I don't know. Like, she's making me really angry. And it's making me really nervous because Chase is, like, ravishing her. You know, even when they're outside and her dad is on the inside, oh he God. puts her against mm-hmm. the window. And I'm just like, Wow. And you're just focused on work. Like, it's just really special. And I'm really scared for it all. But I thought it was so funny when Olivia walked up. It was so, f- I can't even put into words how good it was. And even funnier that he gets dressed and chases her. And they're doing it all together in that kitchen. And, and even funnier when they're trying to make light of the situation about like, no, Brooklyn goes, everyone is seen. Brooklyn. Everyone in this room has seen Chase naked. Every woman, every woman in this yes, room. Yes, every seen woman. Her naked. And then oh, that that joke that she made. She goes, "Everyone but Monica," you know, and it's her house. And then Chase follows up with, "Alan gave it to her," and I was just like, <laughs> "Their little bit was so freaking funny." It was so good, so good. So one thing though about Willow. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, there's a lot of times where we're always like, hey, they have an interaction, point it out, like, talk about it. Why don't they, like, reference this connection? 
But funny enough, when it comes to Chase and Willow's there and they zoom in on her, mm-hmm. I almost go like, no, we don't have to pay attention to this connection. We know it's there. <laughs> like, it's one of those ones where I'm like, but aren't we past it? Because I'm like, what are you trying to imply here? And I don't know, but there's so many times when it comes to like Chase in Brooklyn that Willow is a bit, it feels like she's a bit weird about the fact that like Chase isn't obsessed with her. And because okay. he was a, because he was a puppy dog over her. Like he was, really was a puppy dog over Willow and really pursued her. Mm-hmm. And even when they were outside and she's like, no, no, like I'm really happy for you. And I believe she loves Michael. But I also yeah. believe it's weird for her to have Chase want someone else, especially Brooklyn, someone she considers to be so different from her. And she has judged and been judgmental about Brooklyn in the past. But when she was outside, she's like, no, I'm happy for you. She leaned in and gave him, gave him a kiss on the cheek. And I kept thinking, okay, but as opposed to like a hug? It was weird, right? It, I felt like it was one of those like kiss goodbye, like it was her closure or something. Not even! I feel no. like it was like cop it a feel. Like I don't oh. even feel I don't even feel like it was a kiss goodbye. I just felt like this is strange. Like it strikes me as strange. Like I don't understand it, right? Because there's already so many things going on with Willow, but they make a point of zooming in when it comes to Chase. I just feel like there's some moments that whenever like Chase and Willow are alone, like I feel like Chase kind of what he did today was like, I want to be your kid's uncle. Like he, I feel like he's very much like, yeah, we moved on. And I just really want to like maintain this. But I find Willow tries to draw on something different. That's just, that's just how I feel when they're alone in scenes. But I'm scared for her. Things are getting really serious. You know, yes. like TJ's super concerned about yeah. her. Um, I was happy to see Olivia be suspicious. Yes, me too. I was hoping that her... Okay, so that super weird interaction. One, Olivia has great gut instincts. And then we saw that person at the end. And I was like, who the heck is this? And then they Heather. clarified. Yeah. <laughs> no, I figured it was Heather. <laughs> Olivia did put her son in jail. Yes. 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 Okay. All this. It's okay. You'll Google later. You'll (laughs) Google it later. (laughs) But all of that, I was like, okay, is Olivia going to have some sort of flash? Is she going to overhear a conversation? Like, how does this all connect? Yeah. So are her premonitions back, basically? Did Heather's presence, like, bring, like, activate the LSD? But she said LSD seeing you. So good. So good. I just can't believe they brought Heather back because I was like, who? Because like I couldn't think of anyone beside Heather when Britt was like about a female prisoner wanting to come get checked. Right. Me too. Okay, it's making sense now. I'm connecting. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought I was part of me was like, okay, how come how come Finn and Olivia in this scene? Right? Oh, because they're both connected to like Okay, because Heather would be connected to, like, Olivia because of their experiences, but it would sort of have to do with Finn because it would be connected to Elizabeth, right? Because Heather is mother to her brother, Stephen, and to her ex, to well, not her ex, but to, like, Franco. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot going on. broke my brain. So her husband and her brother are brothers. That just really hurt me. Like, I can't... (laughs) Yeah, so she was married to Franco, and Franco's brother is her brother. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh my goodness. I think we covered all of the things and did all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite lines or stories to give out? I do. <laughs> Y'all sound so worried. <laughs> um, one of them. Oh yeah. This. I love Dante and Britt making a truce yeah. and at choosing to each other and being like, it better be worth it. Like if we're gonna try to <laughs> do this. I totally agree. I had that moment in there as well. Absolutely loved it. Oh, also a moment I really liked was when Sam and Dante were playing a game, especially that you're doing this in Port Charles of who had the weirder day. Yeah. And she's like, I got hired by Brit. He's like, I arrested Anna. It was like, okay, for murder. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you ended it off on Dante. So I'm just going to roll with that a little bit because I love this new Dante. He's a little bit more like loose and in the gray space. And when they're having. And he's kissy. He's very kissy kissy. And he's very like, sit on me, Sam. You stole my line. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What? How is that a line? Did he say that? No, Did he say, this... sit on me, Sam? He said, I saved a spot for you. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't hear that. So I thought it was really cute. I'm just loving this, like, cheekier kind of Dante. It's awesome. So I'm throwing a star to him for his cheekiness and cuteness. Obviously, we have the sexy stars we threw out. And talking about sexy stars, Felicia has one of my lines. She said, uh, she was talking to Mac. They got home after their date. He's like, I thought you were tired. She's like, some detective you are. <laughs> that is good. I was like, damn. That's bro. a good line. Wow. Right? Again, obviously, we're throwing our stars to Cam, Spencer, Olivia. Um, I'm throwing a star oh. to, to Michael's restraint to not bring up Valentine in the conversation with Ned. Yeah, that was pretty good. But what do you mean bring up Valentine? Because they were talking about Valentine. I know, but Michael had that conversation with Valentine in private where Valentine oh, was yeah. offering him a job. Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay, but, okay. I also want to give a star to Carly because, oh, yes. because her conversation with Bobby was beautiful. Yes. And I knew it. I called it that she'd want to yes. be. I, I thought it was going to be a combo of the mom's name and hers. But she's going to, like, go to her route, which is, like, Carly Spencer, which is so cool. But also... I have to Google to remember if I remembered her being a physical therapist. I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I knew about the nurse thing, but I didn't know about the physical therapy thing. I I love how randomly she's like, oh, mom, your wrist hurts? Remember how I used to be a physical therapist? Everybody? This was a true fact. I don't even do it again. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Has everyone, like, so everyone is just going to be like, Nina successfully runs a hotel and a magazine? Uh, like, no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> and so, like, I'm, I just honestly thought that that would have come up at some point. Crimson. I totally. I, well, see, Anyways. the thing is, what Bobby said when she talked about being a physical therapist, she's like, it's basically like an in-between. I still strongly believe, and you're the one, I believe, that brought it up and said that eventually Carly's going to be running the magazine. So this is just like her in-between, her getting her groove, her confidence back. She has a relationship with Drew, and then we're going to see her grow from there. So this is just like a stepping stone. Yeah, but who's she physically therapizing, though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, even (laughs) if she does it a little bit, where's she going to do it, and who's she going to do it to? Who's going to need some? (laughs) Anyways, I'm curious. Uh, I am as well. Um, There's two just a line and 
a moment. So, okay. Uh, I, I love in the hospital when they're like, teachers, like, I have to have a private conversation with you. She's like, okay, let's go down this like wide public open hallway around the corner. <laughs> no, but they were in such an open area space. <laughs> Now we can see the people listening. <laughs> oh my God. Like I loved it so much. And I'm going to end it with my favorite line, which is from Terry, when she's talking to Elizabeth and she says, sometimes all a person needs is just a little space and grace. I'm like, I want to remember that forever. Oh, it rhymes. It should be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Toledo. We did it. Have a great weekend, everybody. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye.